Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'd rather be dead than living the way I've been living. Do you understand that? The Woodline by Rich Cantaloupe. I have a granddad that was a soldier in the Soviet Union. He was stationed at a checkpoint near an airbase somewhere near Serbia. The checkpoint was surrounded by woods, and there was only one road that went to the checkpoint and to the airbase. Sometimes when he rode down the road to the checkpoint, he would find dead animals, like at least three to four, sometimes five or six. But one day when he was riding down the road with a car with three other guys, he saw a bloody deer or moose. He pressed the brake pedal so hard that one of the guys in the back flew into the front. My granddad told me that the moose looked like it was scared as it was breathing really fast, like it had been running for a long time. My granddad said he and one other guy got out of the car and tried to scare it away. But when they got closer, they saw it had what looked like deep claw marks on it. Marks that cut to the bone. As they tried to scare it away, they heard what sounded like something running in the woods. And the woods went from sound to no sound, and the only thing my granddad heard was the breathing of the moose and these branches breaking in the woods. There was a good 30 to 40 meters between the two. So the two of them were standing out there without moving, just scanning the wood line. Then one of the other guys in the car came out and asked why they were both just standing still. That's when the third guy heard something running in the woods, too. The third guy wasn't frozen in one spot, and he whipped out his flashlight and was scanning the woods with it. My granddad stayed quiet with his eyes wide open until he started to talk again. He said that's when the third guy's flashlight went across a small opening in the woods, and they saw a huge figure standing there, tall, in the dark. A few seconds later, this thing just bolted to the left and into the woods. When it bolted, my granddad and the second guy ran to the car and grabbed their rifles and then ran up next to the third guy who was still scanning the wood line. Then they all heard this terrible screeching to the left side on the road. The fourth guy came out of the car screaming, What the fuck is that? What the fuck is on the road? While he was still screaming, the other two guys and my granddad turned their eyes to the road and saw a tall, grayish-blackish figure standing there. The car still had its headlights pointed on the road, but the only thing that they clearly saw was the feet and legs of this figure. They couldn't see the top of it because it was too dark to see it up there. The screaming guy took out his handgun and shot three to five rounds at the tall figure. Then it screeched again and ran off to the other side of the road towards the woods. My granddad said everyone got back in the car quickly. He put it in drive and sped off to the checkpoint that was some 20 or 30 kilometers away. He said that whatever it was, was the only thing that made him scared for his life. 
he and the other three guys agreed to never speak of it to anyone else in the army. Room 113 by Can't Unsee It 74 We were watching the news one night, and they were showing the Twin Falls all lit up with changing lights in Twin Falls, Idaho, and my wife and I decided to go. It's about two hours away from us, so my wife booked a room at a dog-friendly motel, and we waited for our day to go. Me, the wifey, and my one-year-old pup hit the road, and it was a great drive all the way there, and we were jacked to be going to the falls. We rolled into Twin Falls, located our motel, got to our room, and unloaded our stuff. The room was really nice and looked brand new. We went outside and walked around the building. Other dogs were also going in and out, and we heard yelling at a Mexican restaurant next door. It was really hopping, and the people were taking presents into the front door area. My wife said she wanted a margarita, and she headed into the restaurant's front door. Myself and the pup went to the front of the building to a grassy area, and the main drag with traffic zipping by. We killed just enough time to that it was almost dark, and then we asked directions to the falls at the front desk, which happened to be nearby. We got to the falls area, and it was so busy we had to pull over and were told that we could drive down to the falls, but only when they told us to. It was a tight and winding road down to the parking area. The falls were very cool where we were standing. We were at the very top area of the falls, and the water was crashing away below us. It was well worth the drive to finally see the falls, and when we felt we had wandered around enough, we headed back to our motel room. We were laying in bed now, puppy in the middle just below the pillows, and we were playing with our little guy, and my wifey said she had to go to the front desk and ask about our bill. We had ordered two rooms somehow. Anyway, she left the room and I was on the left side of the bed and really close to the edge with the puppy in the middle. I was messing with him, giggling, and just enjoying his playful grunts and bites. When all of a sudden, the mattress was lifted right up behind me, maybe four times, like waves hitting a boat sideways. I mean, it was really noticeable. I was on my side with my elbow on the bed and my hand holding up my head. I quickly looked behind me, and there was nothing there. I would say this was around 10 p.m., and the lights were on. When my wife returned, I told her that something had been rocking me in the mattress. I'm right around 205 pounds, and this mattress was a very tall one, not easily grabbed, let alone to be lifted, with me right next to the edge. We got ready for bed, thankful for a great day in this small town, and we hit the hay. At around 3.30 a.m., my wolf woke me up by moving around and said, Something is moving the bed over here. She sounded a little miffed, and despite it being weird, we just fell back asleep. When I went for coffee in the morning, I told the front desk person what had happened, and he said that's never happened there as far as he knew. When we went for breakfast, there was a table full of uniformed motel workers, and I asked them if they had ever had any issues in room 113 and a couple of them shook their heads no. Back in the room, I lifted the mattress up, and it was a small spring and metal band system, so I took pictures of it, always debunking. This was a great bed system. The lower sides were painted steel, and I could see the floor past the metal webbing. It was a sealy mattress that looked new. Before writing this yesterday, 
I called the motel and asked the lady that answered if the mattress shaker had bothered anyone else since we had been there. And she said, I've worked here quite a while and never heard of this happening before. I hung up and thought, well, I told your front desk and a table full of workers, so somebody has heard of this before. I've wondered if the bedspring system had something to do with it, but being a metal fabricator most of my life, I really doubt it was just that from our weight. This happened in March of 2022. Almost got abducted by Snoopy XYZ. I'm a 29-year-old male. I was out partying this Friday night with four of my female friends, two of which I had just met that evening. We were having drinks at a club in Bratislava, Slovakia, Europe. The night was going great. We were dancing and talking. All of us had fun. At around 2 a.m., the girls grabbed a taxi and went home. I stayed a bit more in the club to finish my drink. I danced on the stage for about 20 minutes, and then I grabbed a taxi and went home. When I arrived on the street where I live, my drunk ass realized that I had no keys and I couldn't get home as I live alone. So I called another taxi and went back to the club to look for my keys. First, I went to the bar to ask if anybody had brought any lost keys to them that night. Unfortunately, they didn't have my keys. So I started to look around for them in the club in every place that I was that night. I turned on the flashlight of my phone and been looking for the keys in a mass of people. About ten minutes went by and I hadn't found anything apart from broken glass and cigarette butts. I went back to the place where I was initially looking for them. That's the place where we had been having our drinks with the other girls. I started to look for my keys on the sitting benches instead of on the ground. I had my keys in the inside pocket of my jacket as I always did, and my jacket was placed in the corner of that bench the whole night before I first left. People were sitting on the benches and they'd had their jackets on the benches too. I sat down near the corner where I was sitting before, and beside me was a guy with lines of some drugs on his phone, freely giving them to other people. He had put his jacket in the corner of the bench, and I wanted to look at the corner of it to see if my keys had been pushed over into it or something. So I grabbed his jacket, and to my surprise, my keys were right under his jacket, in the middle of the bench. I was so happy to find my keys, and I was drunk and started pretty much yelling how happy I was to find them. I was getting fucking desperate at that moment. There was a guy on the bench that we'd met with the girls before in the club. I'll call him L. He was really nice during the whole night, and so I kept talking to Al after I found my keys. I even went to the bar and grabbed another beer just to talk for a bit more. I went to the toilet to have a pee, and when I came back, Al had found him an acquaintance to which he was talking. So I just started to finish my beer while I smoked a cigarette and was getting ready to go home. This is when the guy that had lines of drugs or whatever on his phone started talking to me. I'll call him Pedro, as it was definitely a fake name that he gave me. I've been talking with him in English. Pedro was 19 years old, and he was from Colombia. He told me stories about how life is in Colombia and his family struggles. He told me that his father had died recently, and he was the oldest son, so he was in Slovakia trying to make some money for the family. He even showed me photos of him and his family back in Colombia. I sympathized with Pedro, and I was feeling sorry for him. 
After about 20 minutes, L had scored with a girl that he'd met, and he said that they were going home. He asked Pedro if he had any MDMA on him, and he sold him some. So then L left with the girl. People around the bench had seen that happening, so they wanted some drugs from Pedro, so he started to make lines on his phone again. I told Pedro that I was heading home, and I wished him the best of luck, grabbed my jacket, and started walking. This is when Pedro called out to me and stopped me, said that it was late and he should go back to his hotel too. He scratched the drugs from his phone onto the table, took his belongings, and then told the people they could finish whatever was left for free. Pedro and I walked out of the underground club. When we were outside, he asked me if I could walk him to his hotel, which was nearby, a five-minute walk. He told me in the club that he had no friends and no family in Slovakia, and I really sympathized with him. I told him that, sure, I can walk him to the hotel. We were talking the whole walk, and he was saying really nice things to me, like how I got his attention and how good of a person I am. When we arrived at the hotel, the door was closed, and he messaged to someone to come and open the door for him. He asked if I wanted to have one last beer with him, to which I said sure, but then I'll be on my way once we finish it. Some girl came and opened the door for us. They spoke in Spanish as they greeted. The hotel itself didn't really look like a public hotel. There was a reception, and stairs up and on the left was a dining room. Pedro told me to wait for him in the dining room. This was at like 5 a.m. already. I went to the dining room, and there was a girl sitting with her laptop. I greeted her with, hola, and sat down. Pedro came down after maybe three or five minutes with two open cans of some beverage. There was a parrot and a Jack Daniels logo. The can was a gold color, I think. That's the moment that I should have gotten suspicious and to not drink from an open can. My naive and drunk ass overlooked that fact, and I had a drink from the can. I was talking with Pedro about all the drug cartels in Colombia and how their politics are pretty fucked up. After about 10 minutes, I started to feel weird, and I looked at my phone. My hands and eyes were tingling. I was quickly aware of what was happening. I turned on the location and mobile data on my phone and put the phone in a different pocket than I did that night. Pedro started to ask me how I was feeling, to which my adrenaline levels blew up. I started to think that I was being abducted by some Colombian human trafficking ring. My sight started to weirdly tingle and the lights were blinding me. My jaw was fucked up as I was pushing my teeth together. I've taken drugs in the past and this felt like a stimulant and a dissociative which was really weird for me to understand. I tried to keep my voice calm and my mind present. I told Pedro that I knew what was going on and I asked him why he gave me a stimulant if he needs me unconscious. Pedro's hands started to shake, and he didn't answer me. The girl at the laptop looked right in my eyes, the first time that she'd even moved with her body. Pedro grabbed his phone and started to write to somebody on WhatsApp. I told Pedro that they did make a mistake in the dose, and that I was fine, having been unknowingly drugged. I think that Pedro had drugged me back in the club while I went to the toilet, which is why he quickly got up when I was leaving. Everything I was saying, Pedro rewrote to someone else, and he always waited for an incoming message before saying anything to me. I started to talk to the girl, too. Told her that I didn't give a fuck about what they were doing there, but I was walking out. 
At one point, I remember saying that I got what Pedro was doing, but I didn't get what the girl's part in all of this was, to which I was pointing my finger at her. Pedro got a notification on his phone, and he told me that he was sorry and I could go home if I wanted. I didn't respond to him, got my drugged ass up, and as I was walking out of the dining room, I stopped by the girl with her laptop, stared right into her eyes, and held up my right hand up in a fist bump. She looked in my eyes, gave me a fist bump, and did a weird grimace on her face. I walked to the door at the reception, which were closed. I started to kick and punch the doors while yelling, Open the fucking door! The receptionist did, and I walked out. My heart was pumping, my whole body was shaking. I was feeling both dizzy and awake. I ran to a main street and I was calling my mom to come and get me as fast as possible, but I didn't know where I was. I was feeling dissociated and I couldn't really apprehend what had just happened. As I got to a main street where a bus stop was, I started to feel very paranoid. There was a white Mercedes SUV that stopped right in the main road near the bus stop that I stood on. They turned off their car lights and were just standing there. I told all of this to my mom and she told me to look for a camera, so I stood right under a camera which was at the bus stop to make sure that I was being seen. I was feeling and talking weirdly to which my mom told me to keep talking to her, to tell her what I could see around me. I would seen a few people that walked to the main street, everybody was on their phone and occasionally looking at me. One guy came close to the bus stop and I approached him while I still had my mom on the phone. I asked him, what do you want from me? And he was all like, I'm sorry, do I know you? To which that I said, I'm sorry. After about 10 minutes of me being on the phone with my mom, the white SUV turned on the engine and drove off. My mom came by car soon after. I was walking to her car on the road, but I couldn't walk properly. I felt paranoid, tons of adrenaline going through my body. My heart was pumping so fast I thought I was going to have some kind of a seizure. I managed to get into my mom's car. She was in her pajamas and very scared. I started to tell her everything that happened, and I told her to drive around our city instead of driving me home in case they were following us. We were driving around for maybe an hour, talking about what had happened during the night, how the inside of that building looked and everything. My jaw was going so crazy that my mom could hear it, and she was really scared for me. The whole ride I was feeling really weird, and at one point I felt like my soul left my body. I can't really describe it. It just didn't feel like myself, like I wasn't real. Lights were blinding me and my vision was blurred and tingling like my eyes were going up and down the whole time. I didn't feel any rushes of euphoria or anything, and I was thinking that they gave me some mix of drugs. I arrived at my home around half past seven. My mom stayed with me, comforting me. I tried to sleep, but I couldn't. We were talking about going to the police, and also if I was in any kind of danger anymore. At around 11 a.m., I fell asleep. During that time, my mom cleaned my apartment, and my sister came to visit me. I don't know what I would do without my family. One of my girlfriends that was with me during that night came to visit me. As I talked to her, I thought that I got some kind of an episode, like schizophrenia or something. Like, why the hell would I be a target of something like this? I'm a chubby, beardy guy. Who would want to abduct me? 
I'm afraid of going to the police as our police department and politics are corrupt, and they'd always worked with any kind of mafia as long as I can remember. They would take my testimony, start to investigate, and then they would be stopped by their officials. I still don't fully believe that what happened to me was an experience with a human trafficking ring. However, there are so many red flags on it of what I can remember. Like, why would Pedro be scared after I called them out? Why would he stop talking to me unless someone else was sending him messages on his phone? Why would he even start to message someone during our conversation? And why the fuck would he drug me without knowing it? But ultimately, why the fuck would he let me go? So, Pedro and the weird girl from the hotel and possibly the Colombian human trafficking ring? Let's not fucking meet ever again. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.